0: to be on the Hashtag, a podcast dedicated to talking all things social media for social good and how we can use social media to drive change in society and create value for our audiences. We're talking to incredible business owners and marketeers about how they use social media and they'll be giving us their top tips on how to create engaged audiences and awesome content. Make sure to follow us across all social media. We're at NLY Social on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Give us a follow. Let's get on with the episode. Hello, Kayla.
1: Hi. How are you? Uh,
0: Really good, thank you. Warm. It It is warm on this very hot sunny balmy august day in sunny wiltshire but i just want to say thank you for coming on to this episode of beyond
1: the hashtag not a problem, yeah. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Kayla Wilson. Uh, I'm the head of marketing for an online furniture company called Furniture Box. Uh, it got its start in 2015, started by our two founders, Dan and Monty, at the age of 17. So, yeah, we're now, since the pandemic, seen kind of huge, huge growth, like lots of other home companies have. We're now kind of nearly 50 staff members, um, so it's a really exciting to have. yeah. Wow, when did you join? Nearly two years ago now. So I started September 2020 just as life was going a little bit back to normal and then joined the Furniture Box team just as they were really growing. Amazing. 50 employees. They must be so proud of themselves. I think so. They're both very humble, but they're, yeah, I think everyone's really proud of the guys you know they're, they're really kind of supportive of the team and everyone's input in it and I think they're yeah they're really chuffed with where it's going and I'm really excited for the future as well
0: amazing and for those who don't know and we'll put the links in the show notes anyway but what does furniture
1: box offer and do so we are all things home furniture we're in particular we've got lots of dining sets that's a really core cool area for us but we've also got you know living room furniture like coffee side tables sofas beds mirrors yeah any anything home furniture is us
0: amazing and the reason why i really wanted to get you guys on to be on the hashtag is because the growth and the community that you've built over the last few years in particular it's pretty impressive it'd be great to hear from you about your marketing journey and what part social media plays in
1: that for furniture box we've always had quite a focus on instagram and that's kind of our, our core social channel you know partly because you know, when we started it was very image focused um, and a big part of what we know uh, really sells our products is just good imagery um, and we're really fortunate that we get lots of customers tagging us in photos of their home i think we've kind of really honed in on people just love to show off their homes and instagram's the platform for that so we get loads of content from our customers some influencers and and we kind of get some real kind of brand ambassadors on instagram actually and then that kind of filters out to our other social channels but yeah instagram's the real important one for us yeah if we had every customer buy something and then follow us on Instagram we'd be just really chuffed because it's just a great way for us to kind of stay in contact with customers and and kind of build a bit of a bond with them in a more personal way.
0: Yeah and so how do you do that like what what sort of techniques or tactics do you really focus on in terms of build that relationship building because that's really where the essence of social is right that's how you really generate return on investment.
1: Yeah, and and it's actually not not easy i mean a, a lot of people i don't think want to interact with a brand um and we totally get that I think I'm the same but we you know we, we do try the best we can and you know, we have uh, things like follow-up emails after people have purchased and we'll one of those emails will say you know why don't you follow us on Instagram tag us in your product and then we'll share your post and we, we make every effort to share it and try and make people feel a bit special we do things like Instagram stories with uh, round up some of our blogs and then we'll tag people in it try and get people to share it and just be kind of open and encouraging other people to to kind of tag us so then we'll we'll share that and help those people grow their home accounts and and they just love getting visibility which is really nice
0: yeah i was gonna say that that makes a lot of sense because there must be tons of people aspiring to become influencers in that space using instagram purchasing your product naturally there's just already a community there for it and a, a kind of an exchange isn't there of of content and visibility
1: yeah absolutely i think the home kind of corner of, of instagram um you, you see a lot of the same names kind of pop up and they're all interacting with each other um, and they do the same with us and they'll regularly comment on our things or they'll message us directly and and just like have a chat as well which is really nice i mean it'd be great if more customers just wanted to message us with their ideas for their home um, and just see what we think I mean that's kind of that's the dream for um, social media engagement for us I think
0: yeah 100% that's the community isn't it exchanging ideas and and talking about how they've used your product and how it could be used in ideas and inspiration do you use Pinterest on, on a side note for that
1: Yeah, we do. We started putting more effort into Pinterest. You know, initially it was making sure you do it properly and kind of got to make sure you're doing all the captions and your alt tags and everything really kind of correctly. And it was quite time consuming. The tool we use for scheduling now recently launched a Pinterest integration has made that a lot easier for us. So yeah, there's a big push for us on, on Pinterest now um so we'll, we'll see what happens it's, it's early days so we're, we're not kind of confident of how useful it is for us yet but it, it feels like the right thing to do because i personally love interest so yeah that's
0: yeah. not to love inspiration everywhere yeah but like i said it does take time 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 loads of it speaking of time how much time is being spent on your social media side like in your job role is
1: it a lot yeah. do you think it needs loads
0: kind of what, what's your thing
1: yeah, I mean, luckily, it's not just me that has to do with our marketing. So we've got a team, there's seven of us. Um, and there is one girl on our team who whose role is probably split 50-50 in terms of how much time she dedicates to social media. So probably a couple of days a week, if you kind of compiled it together. Scheduling content, creating content, communicating with customers, managing influencers, just messaging people if we can use their content they've tagged us in, things like that. So. Sometimes the admin side of it is the thing that can actually take the longest.
0: It really does, but it can also have the better results, can't it, is that yes. um, I always say to our clients you know, we don't just post stuff out. It's not just about ticking a box and making sure, yes, we're really planned, yes, we're you know, ahead of the game, but actually that's just one small part, making sure there's stuff going out on your feed. The real magic kind of happens when you have the time to do all that extra relationship building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we want to put thought into it. And and we do spend quite a bit of time thinking like as a team, trying to get ideas for things we could be posting and not just constant here's picture of some furniture, but trying to just be a little bit more what's going on socially, what can we add commentary on? Because I think all of our customers are interested in lifestyle things. So we try and broaden the scope of, of what we're putting out there to just make us seem a little bit human as well.
0: Do the founders enjoy showing up on the socials? Do you have lots of people on there being the face of the business?
1: Yeah, I think we've got quite a few people who are a bit camera shy still. We want to be doing more behind the scenes content. We know that customers really like it. People like the story of the brand, you know, started by two 17-year-olds. It's, it's unusual and people do like reading about it, seeing the guys, we're, we're getting them in front of the camera more now. I think they're a bit more comfortable with it that now versus when I started. And then there's a few people in the company who don't mind being on camera and, and are quite relaxed about it. So yeah, we'll we'll get people on there a little bit more as we go on.
0: Nice. So how do you plan for all of that stuff? How do you prepare your content? I know you said there's a, somebody who does the social media, maybe only half of their role, because this could be a full-time
1: post surely for a company that size. Yeah, absolutely, and I, especially as we invest in more channels, I think you know this year we want to launch TikTok as a as a trial, as everyone else is uh, doing at the minute. I think the amount of time that's going to have to go into creating content for that. could be looking at a day a week just to record all of the videos so i think we we will be putting more into social media especially because instagram now wants more video content so we're it's not as quick as a photo and we have to put a lot more work to be getting the same kind of engagement so yeah there there should be a lot more of it for us as we go on
0: and how are you planning and preparing for what you're
1: doing right now is it quite Structured? Are you, do you work on the fly? Kind of in between, I guess, we, we use like a scheduling tool and we kind of come up with sort of broad themes. we we like our grid to look consistent with like a color scheme. It's nice when you scroll through a grid and it's, you know, really clear theme to it and it just looks really good. So we kind of plan it in that sense, but otherwise we try and keep it quite flexible. I think it's a lot of our content depends on what we're being tagged in because a lot of customer content fuels what we post. And then having a bit of the flexibility to, to comment on things just generally happening. It's better, to, I think, to give people the, the freedom with it rather than a real rigid content calendar, I think.
0: Cool. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's complete, not opposite, but it's a mixture, as you oh. say, for different ways of working. Oh. And I find that when it's in-house, you definitely have that flexibility to work in that way. I mean, for naturally social, it works very much like that. But with our clients, you have to be super structured and, and plans we can make sure that we have the time to do all the fun stuff
1: yeah definitely i think for us uh, in the company especially we're in this kind of phase of growing a you know a bit fast Um, it's, it's hard to plan too far ahead you know things like launching products for us could be we might have a product that we think is coming in in two months time It could just arrive weeks early, it could get pushed back. And if we planned in too much detail, like a a social media launch for that, and we're really rigid in how we do that, it could all just collapse. And, you know, it would be a bit of a mad panic. I'm sure as we get bigger, we'd have to be a little bit more structured. But for now, yeah, flexible works for us.
0: Yeah, that's the good thing about small
1: businesses. Yes, you kind of have to be, don't you? Yeah, 100%. What's your relationship like with social media personally? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you everywhere? Are you nowhere? It's yes, a love hate relationship. I'd like to say that I I'm one of those people that's like oh, I I limit my social media, but I really don't actually. I'm I'm probably a little bit addicted instagram is probably my main main home it's mostly just pictures of my dog and cocktails so it's not not particularly um particularly good but then TikTok, i i did join it probably about six months ago for research purposes and research has just turned into opening the app and losing an hour of my evening and that one's a bit addictive but I, you know i do still like social media it's really nice to kind of see what friends and family are doing you know you feel a bit more connected to people in your lives even though you're not so yeah love hate
0: yeah yeah love that he mentioned influencers earlier mm-hmm. and i can imagine that working really well for you guys do you have a structured influencer campaign or strategy sorry
1: yeah kind of approach us for collaborations we find reaching out can be kind of you have to really reach quite far and, send messages to 50 people and get one response. So yeah, we let a lot of them come to us and we've been really fortunate that it's led to some, kind of bigger, more sort of celebrity collaborations that have been really good and uh, we get mixed results. It depends who you work with depends how invested they are in the brand we've kind of got better at spotting uh, red flags early on so things like you know if they're really really quick at communicating with us they reply they're trying to build rapport and be a bit chatty we know that if we do work with them if we message them or have to ask for something they're going to be really responsive and if they seem like they genuinely like the brand, um, that's always helpful because if they're more invested, they're they're going to put a bit more effort in. And we've been really fortunate that some people we work with, kind of more micro-influencers like home accounts, they they do the agreed content. And then every time they're posting a picture of their living room, they tag us in it every single time. So the value, there, yeah, we just get real long-term value out of those relationships versus maybe a lifestyle influencer who just wanted the free thing and we had to chase them. And so, yeah, we're, we're getting better at it and we're kind of learning where the value is now. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I think micro-influencers are really where the better engagement is right now. I um, say so yeah. where the most value is. So are they paid partnerships or are you kind of going like, hey?
1: Yeah, we've, we've got away with kind of doing product gifts because this is high value stuff usually it kind of aligns with what they're charging in their media packs anyway if not a little bit more so i think the perceived value for them is, is quite high so it's you know it's easy for us we ship the product really quickly and then get the content that we want so yeah most of them have been that i think we've only done a few paid partnerships and
0: also that's i kind of hadn't thought about that but that's a product that they keep for life and it's high value yeah yes. you would turn around and say well actually it's it's yeah. the same cost i guess so
1: yeah, exactly. They get they get more out of it, I suppose. And most people seem to keep it. We'll see posts from people in you know a couple of years ago, and they've still got the same dining table. So yeah, it's quite quite nice that you just get this this long term uh, relationship from it. About to
0: say, do you nurture that long term relationship? Are you always aware, and and are your team always aware of who you've worked with in the past, and therefore to look out for their content and to continue nurturing that, or is it a do it and go and move on to the next approach
1: definitely long term yeah i think we quite often will sort of message people we've worked with and just say hey we're we're doing this competition or we've got this going on with um like a campaign at the minute would you mind sharing uh, and they do which is which is great They don't have to the girls on my team are really good at building rapport and and we'll just sometimes sort of message for a little chat or some of the influencers we've worked with will reply to some of our stories and and just kind of just ask how we are, and we do the same back, and yeah, so that that side of it goes goes really well, actually.
0: Nice. So I think there's a really good message there that it can work, can't it? You need to invest in it though, and find the right people.
1: Yeah, it's as much the kind of monetary investment of you know the paid or the product, but it's also just time, because um, I suppose they want to support a brand that they believe in, so it seems genuine for their followers. So it's it helps if we're just kind of friendly and nice and and build that relationship so that they'll want to share us with their followers, because it's important. I think that they protect that and be genuine.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cool. So I was going to come on to what have you learned over the last couple of years working with Box on their social, but also <laughs> in terms of your, your entire like, marketing career, what are some of those biggest lessons that you've learned about social media
1: that our listeners could take away and work with? Oh, I think the, the main thing we've learned is probably that we're still learning. You no, know, it's, it feels like sometimes you think you, you know what we're doing and we know what works. And then the algorithm changes or people's behavior changes or types of content, you know, like Instagram switching from static images to videos. So we're, we're kind of always, always on our toes a little bit with it and, and not assuming that we we know what we're doing. And hence why we don't necessarily plan too far ahead. I think for us, I think generally, I think I've always found in my career, you, you can kind of get in a bit of a, a bubble sometimes within your team and not necessarily know what's going on in the world and things that are changing. So a big thing for us is just actually spending time learning about you know, what other people are doing, going to events, uh, webinars, seminars, workshops, and just trying to you know get new ideas from what other brands are doing and, and just be continuously learning because it does change so quickly and it's easy to kind of forget and keep doing the same thing. And then suddenly everything's changed and you're behind.
0: Yeah, definitely. What about, speaking about learning, analytics, how het up do you get about analytics and monitoring and understanding? And is that a good thing for people running social accounts?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really useful tool, I think. The, the hard thing with for social media managers in particular is that you kind of need two sides of being a really creative person. And you need to have you know, some design skills with like say Canva, but you also need to have the analytical side. And that could be quite hard, actually, the, the two sides of it. You try and use as much analytics as much as possible. The publishing tool we use has some quite good analytics features in there. We also use Google Analytics a lot for however valid that is with, you know, with cookies and things. So, yeah, we we try and kind of not get completely lost in the data and still keep the human side of it, of what feels right. The feedback you're getting from followers is not necessarily something you can measure, but it's like a a feeling of what's working. But, yeah, we we do spend quite a bit of time on our, our analytics and reporting and, you know, trying different things, seeing what the impact is and then trying something else. What are your favourite tools for social? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, am I allowed to share the ones we use? Yes. We recently, um, well, recently, six months now maybe, have been using Content Cow. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I heard about it from like a marketing webinar and it was one of the sponsors and I took a look. The thing I really love about it is it's more than just social media scheduling. So we can add as many of our own custom channels as we'd like. So, you know, I've created channels on there for press releases got blogs our emails giveaways we've just got a thing on there for when we're going to run a competition and though it doesn't schedule and post you've just got a really good broad view of everything everyone's doing so it's it's a really good way to kind of collaborate and have your whole marketing plan and content calendar in one so yeah i i love it it's been yeah the, the best tool i think i've used for a long time
0: Wicked, I might have to look into that. I've heard of Content Cal, but I didn't realize it hooked everything up like that and made you have a kind of overall marketing plan view.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can kind of customize it quite a bit. You can add campaigns and, and notes in, just you know, you could just add a little comment saying that it's National Tea Day, and then it's just there for people to kind of see and, and be aware of. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a really great tool. I am a shout about it a lot. Nice, good shout out. Any other tools that you love? For social media, that's the main one we're using, actually. We've got it all there. I've used things like Hootsuite in the past. But yeah, for for social media, it's it's content. Amazing.
0: Cool. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, Kayla. But before we let you go, it's time for my favourite bit of the show, the epic social media fail. So this episode's social media fail is one, coincidentally, about influencer marketing, with Booty shake, Tell us about this campaign, Kayla.
1: Yeah, this was, I remember seeing this at the time. I don't know how to say his name, Scott Disick? Yes. Is his name? My family. Yeah, just literally copying and pasting the caption sent to him by Booty, which also included the instructions for how to post it. So it was just uh, extremely obvious. He didn't give it much thought, copy and paste from an email, posted it, and and he was done. Yeah, it was, it's not good, I'm sure, for him or the brand. I think it was a, a fail on a few sides.
0: Yeah, it was hilarious, wasn't it? I'm looking at the stats on our link, which, again, we'll add in the show notes, but 3,992 likes and over 100 comments within 21 minutes saying, like, hello, caption seriously? And, yeah, it just said, here you go, at 4pm EST, write the below, semicolon caption keeping up with the summer workout routine with my morning booty uk protein
1: shake ah it's just like influencer fail isn't it as well you can imagine like if i was the the marketing person who'd sent that it would just be pure panic to to try and fix it and then thinking well how am i going to get hold of this guy to tell him to change it it would just be yeah panic stations and just yeah you'd, you'd be absolutely gutted all that that money wasted
0: yeah so what lessons can other people learn if they're stepping into the influencer world this is obviously quite a large influencer i'd say in terms of the audience they were trying to tap into and who he was so there's going to be a lot of money exchange there i'd imagine what sort of things do you advise anybody considering going into the influencer space
1: yeah i, I guess kind of touched on a bit earlier actually is is looking for those red flags or green flags i think For us, sometimes the bigger the account, the kind of less responsive they're going to be because they're flooded with messages, their social media is really busy. They've probably got a team that are actually doing a lot of it for them. So, you know, how genuine is it that you're dealing with this person? Does everyone following know that this is not really them? I think we often look at things like what other content are they posting and how much of it is ads. And then, you know, you can kind of look and see, OK, was that product actually relevant to their personal branding or have they just taken the money and posted it? Because I think followers have a really good sense, I think, of what what is genuine. And it's worth spending some time just scoping out their profile and see what else they're up to. And if it's a lot of advertising, then yeah, that's a bit of a red flag that the person isn't really going to care about your brand.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Make sure they connect and they're genuine. Just make sure they're a good fit for your brand. Um, And as you say, like that can be done just by scrolling through their content, looking at their answers, how they communicate with others, what they're posting.
1: Is it genuine? Is it consistent? Absolutely. And sometimes I think it could be better, you know, looking at, you know, five micro influencers who total the same amount of following, but actually are all going to work a lot harder for you because they want the opportunity to work with brands versus one person who's got that total following. So yeah, sometimes it's worth starting smaller first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, Kayla, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Pleasure. Wishing all the best in your role. Wishing the guys the best in this next stage of growth at Furniture Box and hope to see you in person at some point. Oh, that'd be lovely. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Hashtag. Make sure you tune in to our next episode and hit the subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our amazing guests. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're at NLY Social. See you soon. Bye.